The road to consciousness. We will figure out the biggest mystery in human history. How can we have such a rich, internal, subjective experience of life that gives us everything, yet we don't understand from the physical workings of the brain or the physical reality of the universe, of matter, how it comes about? We're going to do it by putting things into two buckets, either knowledge we have enough data or evidence that we could say it's the truth or assumptions. Uh, we have competing theories or not enough data and evidence and we're just going to have to make some assumptions to move forward. Today I wanted to talk about what's the consciousness recipe? What do we need? Let's say we were going to make consciousness or bake consciousness if you like. What would we need? I think the starting point definitely is, is matter. We need something physical to go off. Um, the brain. Without the brain, we could safely assume there is no consciousness, although that's an assumption. <laughs> There's some theories out there that don't necessarily have to have the biological working of the brain for it to happen. Uh, we've talked about panpsychism, uh, integrated information theory, that consciousness is just part of the universe and every... Everything that is matter itself has a fundamental element of consciousness to it. And that's not necessarily the brain. So I think the, the assumption there is we need matter. Uh, it just so happens that we are using our experience through what's in our heads. And what's in our heads we know is a physical brain. Uh, so that's an easy association for us to make. But it might not be the case. Uh, for our assumption, we need some kind of matter. Uh, we also need that experience. Uh, there seems to be some kind of... It's not a behavioral aspect to it. I think I'll do a session on behavior versus experience. Behaviors, we talked about the philosoph philosophical zombie. It could be a zombie out there that is not conscious at all, but it acts like us. It talks like us. It does everything you would expect a human to do except it doesn't have that level of experience and for us the challenge being we can't internally see somebody else's experience we would have to assume it's conscious uh, and we see this with with animals i think it's a fair uh, knowledge statement to make that dogs are conscious um, we see them experiencing what looks to us as an experience we can't even tell that other people necessarily are conscious but because of the behaviors that we are able to observe, then we can make the statement that they are conscious to some degree of knowledge. Um, so we definitely need that experience. It's a very unified experience. We need some kind of unification and this is trending towards uh, <laughs> integrated information theory axioms, but definitely, the, I mean, they have five, but we definitely need a stream or a unification. And this is, I guess, the difference for me of behavior versus experience. Behavior is one after the other, but what we feel inside and what we experience is just a stream. Uh, it's not anything that's not unified. It doesn't, at least to us, it doesn't come in quanta or in, you know, chunks. Now, the information itself might be processed by our brain slash consciousness in in bits or chunks but the experience part is definitely unified so we need some kind of matter it needs to have experience it needs to be unified um what else it 
definitely has to be ingrained, I'd like to say, in us. That's the next ingredient in the pot. Uh, it's a part of us. It's nothing external to us. It's nothing that we even sense specifically. And I don't, I'm going to go against the grain here uh, and say that awareness is not a definition, I would say, or an ingredient here. Awareness to me is when you think about something, you're mentally thinking or you're mentally conscious, yes, of a certain thing. For example, the classic example is, can you feel your toes? The answer is, you are consciously aware of it now that I said it. But previously, I mean, your toes could have been cold or warm or, you know, they're, they're obviously there, but you weren't consciously thinking about it. So, you weren't aware of it, but I wouldn't say necessarily that awareness that you just had. It is part of the conscious experience, but I think it's a subset of consciousness overall. Consciousness is something that we don't even have to be aware of in my experience particularly. I mean, I'm, I'm experiencing what's happening right now in my environment internally, so the introspection as well as the external and that's another ingredient of consciousness. It basically, it ties together who we are and we see or at least we experience uh, the self internally and then how we are interacting with the environment. So it does at least come across to be some kind of localized to the immediate environment. And multiple of us can ex share the same environment and conscious experiences. I think the analogy of a theater, let's say there was 10 theaters, which you are, you go to the movies and there's 10 different theaters. You could walk between the theaters and you'd be seeing a different movie. The analogy is that, you know, you would be experiencing something local to you and somebody else could come and step into the same theater and would be in the same space. And so would be experiencing um the same spatial experience as you the visually the audio but they could go to a different theater and their angle would be slightly different to yours depending on where they sit uh, so there is some element of localization here now that's been a hot topic of debate and idealism would say everything's in our head and there is no matter and even physics tells us that space itself has come under question that when it's not at the macro scale or when it's at the micro scale uh it definitely is does space even exist <laughs> so all of the caveats here are, are the fact that we need to be at the macro scale to have the conscious experience i mean there's no other way to do it it's definitely at at least some kind of physical reality for us at our scale for us to be consciousness i don't know obviously we won't be able to experience it any differently i'm pretty safe to say even in the future unless we figure out how to honey i shrunk the kid style to become really tiny even smaller than in that movie you'd have to go down to the quantum level or you know some other way of moving really fast so we feel the effects of uh, special relativity but either way that's an ingredient in the mix there is a spatial element or at least there is a perception that is definitely we can't two of us can't occupy the same space and this is more a principle uh, a physical principle uh, the Pauli exclusion principle of you know electrons can't be in the same space they can't be in the same orbital and things like that so that's another key ingredient
uh, let's see, what else do we need for consciousness? We talked about, you know, some sort of spatial, physical, talked about unified. It's definitely an experience. Uh, it needs to have this qualia. And I, I think qualia is a, is a philosophical term. Experience-wise, it's, it's trying to define experience. What is experience in this sense? The, the color, when you see red, you experience red. You don't see the electromagnetic waves. When you hear sound waves, you experience music. So the qualia needs to be there. And that's the term that philosophers give to that deep subjective and it's subjective i guess the physical and the subjective go hand in hand it's yours not necessarily we can't occupy the same space and that subjective is internal and i guess we talked about it is ingrained or internal uh individually internal yet collectively like we said depending on the theater we see we at least can relate to the experiences of other people depending on our location uh so that qualia is definitely there um it's consistent and that's why i refer to it as a stream you spend most of your life conscious in some way and i'm I'm not differentiating when you sleep i i call that passive consciousness because subconsciously there's a still going on you're either dreaming or like you're still you know in homeostasis and your subconscious is keeping you alive and it's just that you're in a passive consciousness now obviously you can go to anesthesia which i still feel you're at some level you might be unconscious but i don't you're not completely not conscious at all so even then so basically all of our lives and you can have an altered state of consciousness with psychedelics or something like that but basically all our lives we are conscious so it needs to be continuous so we have continuous experience that's ingrained that doesn't necessarily have to have awareness um wow so that's how i'm looking at the ingredients to if we were going to make consciousness in the pot we would need all these and that's super fascinating because every every person or every animal included that has ever been conscious has the same ingredients um and thinking about sort of physicalism and materialism um is it localized is it distributed i don't know which of these ingredients i mean we're assuming you need matter or at least brains to have consciousness at our level that's safe to say but is it localized is it distributed is it both i suspect that it could be both i think there is a interplay that happens between different regions of the brain for instance, the, there's two particular interesting regions, the thalamus and the claustrum. The thalamus, from the perception phase where all of the data is coming in, it routes it to the particular cortex. Uh, and then what's interesting is the cortex seems to reroute it back to the thalamus. <laughs> so you could say that's like the information hub but there's the claustrum as well which is the equivalent of the thalamus that happens at more of the higher cortex level post cortex so there's a lot of been research in both of these regions of the brain global workspace theory definitely advocates that after it's for a lack of a better term the signals are a process there is a region that it all gets together and makes us conscious 
I suspect that that is part of the puzzle, but it's then redistributed and it is the interplay between different regions, especially the cortexes, that give us the consciousness we have. Altering states of consciousness for psychedelics is super interesting. I haven't done it, but from what I can tell, the chemical interplays then sort of messes with your perception of time. It messes with your conscious state. You start to obviously hallucinate. So really, the chemicals that are exchanged between different regions of the brain are playing a very key role in how conscious we are. I suspect we talked about... um, the connections that go from the thalamus out to the cortexes, but there's a 10 times more connection coming back in. Definitely one of the ingredients that I haven't mentioned is the um, our consciousness is a future prediction expectation machine. And what it does is, although we see reality, we also have an expectation of reality, what should be, and it, it basically matches that. Our consciousness fills in the blanks. It creates a reality for us. And this is going from the fundamental level. This is the whole qualia and the experience. But our brains are geared and wired towards creating what we think reality should be, not necessarily what reality is. There's a ton of research about this. Uh, The blue and gold or blue gold dress, was it? We see different things. Our brains slightly interpret the reality differently and also whatever it expects it it brings into basically our conscious so there is that element and this is why connections from thalamus and the classroom they go out but or they come back in as well (laughs) especially from the thalamus that it seems to be rebuilding what reality should be for us so ingredients to consciousness is interesting um there's a lot to it our brains are the most complex thing in the known universe and that's not a coincidence i do suspect that there is some kind of correlation at least between the fact that we have this complexity and we have consciousness so the complexity factor definitely plays in but why us and our brains in this tiny piece of the universe or at least tiny position in the very big wide universe um how much of it is in our heads tbd um will we find other conscious agents out there i suspect not as long as we're subscribing to that what we observe from the universe mind versus matter that some of that matter only exists in our minds i think we know that if we took away the even the bits that we imagine there's no color in the world imagine color is all part of your experience the world would look very differently (laughs) the universe would look crazily different i mean that's just the reality of the universe if we took ourselves out of the universe would it look as we see or as we experience it absolutely not how far that goes is really the question if it, if people have questioned matter as well because matter is just a, a bunch of atoms arranged in a certain way <laughs> we don't see atoms we see concepts we see ideas we see things that we know 
from what we've experienced previously with physical things and cause and effect is an interesting area which i'll probably do a whole session on but a lot of that comes from our experience and experiences previously from people before us so if you start going down the hole the rabbit hole of how much all of it is experience and how much we've uh, put in our minds then that's where we got to figure out where to stop